You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the In the Dome podcast. New intro. We're calling this the new season officially. Might as well, hey? Good new Might intro. as well. It's August. Got a new intro. Nobody on, nobody's on. left on the team anymore. So nobody exists anymore from the old team. So that's we'll just call it the new season. Season four. We're doing it. We're doing it, right? Yeah, we're not gonna quit. There's a lot. It seems we're uh what are we? We're just plowing along. You know, these podcasts just keep popping up. We're uh we're sticking around. They're pipping, they're popping. You can't so, you cannot kill us. We will not uh, be killed. Shout out to um our boy Josh, and he's in a band, and he, and he, um, what, what's the word? Like, volunteered, offered, offered, he generously offered one night to jam an intro for us, and then one of his band members spent like four hours overlaying the tracks. So we got to give him a shout out, Jonathan, Jonathan, and Josh. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. And we're told that Jonathan has a website, jonathanofficialmusic.com, and Jonathan on Instagram is jonathanofficialmusic on Instagram. Um, fuck, these guys must be good. I have never heard them. I've never heard Josh's band. But how sick was the intro? These guys must be good. I got some sport or some sports center vibes in there eh? there's there's like that little bar that little riff that's kind of like got the oh eh? i didn't even notice yeah i dig that because he was like should we make it like um rage against the machine he was like fuck yeah so i kind of picked that up but yeah i'll have to listen for the da-na-na. it's just da-na-na. it's just subtle that's where my brain went so we're gonna we'll have to add obviously some probably a, a good huberto Goal, goal call. Oh, fuck. Should we just grab one from the... You kind of have to grab it from the, from the guy. Florida guy? Yeah, because nobody... In, okay, Rick Ball gives a killer call. Dude, Harner Ryan's going to fucking have he, to Yeah, we're going to have to... He's going to have to step up and do it. I don't know how many Flames games he's going to do because he's Mr. Oilers guy now. Mr. National Broadcast. Um, But uh, you know Derek Wills isn't going to cut it. Um, So Rick, Rick, Ball, Rick Ball will have a... I love Rick Ball because he's classic, but you're not probably going to get any like Hubie Doobie Doo. Yeah, I don't know. But um, we kind of, you kind of need the Hubie Doobie Doo to fucking live on. Do yeah, you not? We we need it to live on because, and Harden Ryan's the only guy who's going to do it because it's it's a it's a bummer we never got the the sing songy Johnny Gaudreau, the Johnny Gaudreau in the intro before Johnny left. So we're, we need a Hubie Doobie from from Harden Ryan. Harden Ryan and fan base get on Harden Ryan. 
remind him he does check his twitter i know that like so. we ha- yeah we have some pretty good deep cu- not even deep cuts but pretty good like calls in there the marlow state or marlow search hit yes in there the stage in game six goal jerome again scoring a game seven against vancouver for the second time there's some steve monitors overtime winners there's like all of our favorite moments um, no more geo no more chucky yeah, no Bob. more johnny the the one that was hard to cut was chucky because i was listening to our we changed some of the calls from the previous one, and it's like all fucking Chuck. It's like Matthew Chuck the between the legs goal. His quarter will stay off the tracks. Fuck. Well, today's focus is going to be paying homage to Chuck and Goudreau. In no particular order, we'll be going back through the past and some of our favorite memories from both players. I apologize if my voice is a little fucking raspy. I lost it on the weekend. We'll just say it was a wild one, folks. Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> You'll say it was a wild one and you were in Alberta. Oh, yes, I was definitely in Alberta. I was yeah. playing some golf, spent one night in Calgary. It was a long one. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm back in the Okanagan now. My voice is fucked. And I'm here it's still in Alberta where it's like hot and not sunny out. So, But you went... You went to you went to the. No, I was in BC. Oh yeah, it was oh, amazing. Yeah, and yeah. all I was thinking is, why don't I live here like you? We did the old province swap. Eh, eh. It's freaking muggy and mosquitoy here. So <sighs> we apologize for the long gap between the two episodes, but we are trying to enjoy our summer. So don't give us too hard of a time, John. Trying to enjoy our summer, and despite all the nonsense that's been going on. All right, let's start with some rumors. There's some rumors flying around. I think the first thing that you mentioned was was that Steinberg was on air saying that the Uyghur thing is pretty much a done deal. Well, remember the last time we heard someone from the actual organization tell us it was a done deal? I was talking about this to somebody today. Like, what a bad look. Doesn't that tell you? I, I The Flames need some help in the management group. Like, if you have, like, yeah, I love Craig Conroy, but it's pretty clear what does he do exactly like he's just like uh, he should just be like a pr guy that like gets fans in the building and shit no shit man i uh, i mean it's a really bad look for your freaking assistant gm to go yeah, on the most what the most downloaded hockey show in the entire world on elliot friedman show and tell you that yeah johnny is a done deal and then he freaking walks it's a bad look craig Thanks, Craig. We'll never take you seriously ever again. Dummy. And anyways, did we, did we ever in the first? I don't place? think we. I don't, I don't think we ever did. I guess. I mean, Hilk. He's, he's, he's got the one good story <laughs> that basically is riding on the coattails of Jerome. That's that's it. That's yeah, and he did the thing where it's like when Johnny was gonna sign his uh, ELC out of college, it's like they sent Conroy to get it done. Right. Jay Feaster so sent Craig. He takes responsibility for for yeah. Johnny just the way that Glenn Galton took responsibility <laughs> for the ten game winning streak. Okay. We should actually mention. Yeah, that. I was gonna say that the Glenn Galton. So Johnny was on Chicklets after he signed in Columbus. Um, yeah, signed in Columbus, which I don't know. Which each passing day gets more and more weird. Did you see another thing? We have been off for a while, so there's a bunch of shit that's just gonna pop up. There was uh, Johnny was playing in a charity game in Philly. Yeah, in his flames gear still. <laughs> I saw that today. <laughs> it's awesome, dude. 
he had no fucking clue he was going to the Blue Jackets. No idea. Zero. Anyway, Blue Jackets were kind of like a like a last minute fucking parachute. Fucking oh, I got it open. Holy shit. Hey, he, he, buddy, me. but he, he, once you tell someone you're not coming back, but even they did say they said he circled, they circled, he did back. circle back on the day of free agency. Could you it's imagine weird. if fucking he actually came back? That would have been weird though, hey, because it's kind of like, well, I wanted to leave, but no one else wanted me. <laughs> it would have been amazing, but you know, obviously his wife intervened and the rest is ridiculous history. But, anyways, funny story on he was telling on Dude, chick on bases, chick- hold on, because like. The whole wife thing, like literally, honey, I don't know where should I play. Hmm. How about Columbus? It's like, dude, you're gonna let your wife pick your team. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but it kind of is. That's what happened. And she picks Columbus. <laughs> is it any more obvious that she picked the team for him? Columbus. Well, again, hmm. the more this goes on, like you said, he still has his flames equipment. Obviously, you know. Like every his interview circuits have been hilarious. Oh, who do you know on the team, Johnny? Uh, good Branson. You mean the guy <laughs> you played in Calgary with last year? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, my wife did the research, so uh, she didn't research the team though. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Anyways, just, just the hospitals. I, so Huberto apparently is donating his brain to whatever they do with it after he dies or something. You hear what? that? Yeah. No. So he's like an NHLer who signed up for the I'll give science. Dude, is this I'm... not like a Simpsons episode or some <laughs> shit? Hey. <laughs> Swear to God, man. This is Jonathan Huberto is going to be kept alive forever. But anyways, um, Johnny Gaudreau would be like, yeah, I'll, I, I'll donate my brain to science. Just got to check with my wife. Oh, she said <laughs> she said I can't. Actually, she doesn't want me to donate my brain. So. No, she doesn't want people to know how many skills I actually ate in my lifetime. So uh, I can't do it. I can't this do it. Like, this is like portions of his brain are actually the, the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Funny. On that note, we'll get to we'll get to the Huberto um, uh, post interview post extension as well. Yeah. That was good, but let's finish this Glenn story. So this Glenn, st- it, like if you haven't been a listener for a long time, you you won't know that we fucking hate Glenn Gulletson more than pretty much anybody. Like Jeff, it's it's a it's a neck and neck race between Jeff Ward and Glenn Gulletson. Probably right. probably Ward won by the end. What do you mean probably? <clears throat> yeah, he won. Um, <laughs> it's not even close. But uh, so the story Johnny tells on Spitting Chicklets is. They were playing a game in New York, and Kevin Hayes had tickets to uh, the the Knicks game, and LeBron was playing, and Johnny was going to go see LeBron. And wasn't it like floor seats? Yeah, it was like right behind, like right on the floor. And and they were in Madison Square Garden or some shit, wasn't it? Yeah. So the Flames were playing the Rangers, and I think the next night, and uh, the Knicks were playing whoever LeBron was, whatever team LeBron was on at that time. I don't know, it was Cleveland or whatever, Miami. That would have been 2016, 17. But whatever, unrelated to that, he had taken a cab to practice instead of the team bus. So he got in a cab and all his gear. and Practice? Went, and went down to morning skate or practice or whatever. And apparently Glenn Gallatin didn't like that and told him, um, okay, you're either, you can go to the basketball game tonight and be a healthy scratch, or you can not go and you can play. Real good player coach, eh? 
That's a player's coach. So somebody um fuck I hate Glenn Gallatin so much. Oh, here we go. Is this it? No, that's not it. Somebody also added to that. There's there's more to it. There's another layer, like his family was involved. And it was something, some history about the team. Here we go. Give me one second here, folks. <sighs> okay. Also, the it was at LeBron at MSG, and the Flames were playing the Rangers. So, if Goldson scratched him, all his friends and family that bought tickets would not have been able to see him play. Oh yeah, that's right. Johnny is like, you know, I got forty five friends and family who would freaking. It came down to in. Madison, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be dick. a healthy scratch. Thanks for the dick move, Coach. What a dumbass. He probably took responsibility for Johnny having a good game that night, eh? Yeah, I was my I pushed his buttons in the room. Oh, yeah. Basically, you know, we wouldn't even play if it wasn't for me. So oh, I hate that dweeb. My favorite thing ever is when the Oilers need a goal and it pans to the bench and Glenn's drawn up the play. His face is all red, fucking stupid looking. Yeah, and he's got that can stupid, barely breathe. Yeah, stupid mouth look, and I'm like, hey, good, they're not scoring because Glenn's drawn up the play. Decent hair, though, hey? Him and Jeff had decent hair. Holy frick, I hate those but guys. See, I you know what? With you know all what? The... You know what? I'm figuring out a little bit of a bias here with Tree Living. The two <laughs> shittiest coaches he's ever hired to have good hair, Tree Living has shit hair. I think I'm starting to see what he saw in these coaches. You just saw that ideal person. Right? He's, he's swooned. He's obviously the best guy for the job. Look at his hair. Same with Glenn. Look at that hair. Like, you can't go wrong with hair like that. Apparently, you can. And he did. Twice. What a loser. <laughs> what Which a loser. One? All, All three? three of them. <laughs> well, we'll see. Brad is, he's gotten the iron. What is it? Has he gotten the iron, right? He's got, yeah. Like, if you're a cow and you get whatever, it prodded or whatever, got a prod stuck up his ass finally. He's on a rampage, folks. He better continue. continues, which will bring us to the rumors. So Steinberg says that Uyghur is a done deal. Steinberg says it's a matter only a matter of time. That there's going to be extension. Who knows how long, though? And that he also said, and there's more cooking. Is that what he said? You well, heard it. Yeah, he was yesterday. He was pretty heavy into the like something else is like brewing here. Rumors. It's not just Uyghur extension. There's something else going to happen. Uh, he he brought up caught he brought up the Codry thing unprovoked. And it, what a dude! Like I don't know if you've been paying attention. Everybody apparently 960 got Thanos snapped. Nobody works there anymore, other than old Steiny, and he was in Paris for like three months. So it's been a freaking skeleton crew for like three weeks. So thank God he's back to save my freaking morning commute, or I guess my evening commute. But what are they going to do if they get sick? Dude, they may as well freaking does he even get paid i'm worried about him dude he should donate himself to science and do a clone that's how this radio station is going to keep going dude at this point you got to think he is cloned like yeah, the shit. poor guy like how old is he probably in his mid-30s and he's like do, still doing freaking overtime till like four in the morning like what did this he drew the short like man give the guy a no he's hasn't he earned a normal work shift at this point and they took Haley Selvin away. They took all his best buds away. All his best buds. <laughs> Poor guy. Anyways, um, yeah, Steinberg seems to think the Uyghur thing. And you know what? I was thinking about it because my take on it 
last time was, okay, if you're Uyghur, maybe you're looking at a career year in the face right now, right? Because it's like, okay, you did just have a really good year, but you're coming onto a really good team, really good defense core under the best coach in the league, under the best defensive coach in the league. You should theoretically probably put up better numbers and situate yourself perfectly for a big payday next season. But if you do look at, he's kind of an, he's kind of a Blake Coleman type guy. He, he's not played very many games in his career. Um, I think he's only played, he's played like 300 games or something only. So he's kind of a late bloomer and he's really only made, like he hasn't made that much in his career, like maybe 8 million bucks total. Um, So, I mean, if the flames are like, Hey, like here's $40 million, you know, if you're a guy like that, who like, you know, hasn't made that much and are presented with an opportunity to lock yourself up for a few years. Maybe that is the more attractive offer. So I don't know. It, it would make sense. I could see Brad trying to lock him down on a Noah Hannafin type deal when, when he did extend Hannafin. But he, yeah, we've, we've seen Brad do this. He extended both Hannafin and Lindholm when we got him, right? Yeah, he that, did. That offseason. Yeah. And I mean, Uyghur's 28, so it's he's a little older, so he'll probably have to be paying a little a bit more of a premium. But yeah, I... I think if you're Uyghur, why not lock you? Like, again, you're 28. If you're getting, if the Flames are offering you a six, seven year deal, you'd probably be crazy not to take it. You're, you're never going to have that much certain, certain money. Like, maybe you will if you have a really good season. Don't get hurt this year, maybe. But somebody's offering you a shit ton of money up front. It's hard to say no when you're in his kind of position. It's kind of like Blake Coleman last year, I think, a little bit, where it's like, he was a guy who hadn't played very many games and had been on lower uh, money deals. And he probably would have loved to have stayed in Tampa for less. But, you know, at, when you're 30, 29, 28, you haven't made that much money and somebody comes along and gives you a shit ton of money, it's hard to say no. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. These guys can probably plow through eight, eight mil pretty quick if their season, if their career was over. So they want to cash in before it's done. Totally. Those freaking vacation homes don't come cheap. Sure don't. So Steinberg says something else is cooking. And this rumor is from Calgary Puck. Did you see this one? Is this the Lucic thing or is this the Kadri thing? Well, they're one and the same, aren't they? Right. So like the Flames are in on Kadri trying to move Lucic to Anaheim or something. I'll read what this says. It's from Vinio One franchise player okay everyone just got a delicious orange julius rumor for you all please know this to be taken with a grain of salt but i am not slash would not make it up was chatting with my boss at work based in toronto he was playing a golf tournament with someone who knows Cadre slash Cadre's agent this is always how these rumors go eh? right he knows this guy guy. i know my friend who works at the saddle dome orange julius bro Listen, listen, I know a guy and then uh, he's friends with a guy yeah. who works for a guy. And then the Huberto trade comes out of nowhere. And so, weirdly, nobody saw it coming. Yeah, nobody had an inside guy. Crazy. For that one. But anyways, who uh, knows Cadre slash Cadre's agent. And he said that it is definitely, definitely, again, come on. It's a rumor. How can it be? How is the rumor definitely? Coming down to the Flames and the Islanders on the Cadre front, not something we haven't heard before, but this person talking to my boss got the feeling it was leaning towards Calgary. Oh, 
he got the feeling, did he? I get a lot of feelings all the time. I, I mean, got I- a feeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> he goes on. He says, if Lou Cheech is moved, I highly suspect Kadri will be signed to the Flames. Nothing on the contract or anything, but he told me um, this is what he heard yesterday, and I have no reason not to blame him, except for it's basically a rumor. Again, just passing on what I heard. Could be BS. Don't roast me, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I mean, these things are kind of funny and interesting. So that's why we bring them up. And it is a, a talking point. Have you it's heard summer. Anything? There's nothing to do. What else have are we going to talk about? Have you heard anything else on the Lucic rumor friend? Or is that was that it? I mean, I heard some stuff that you got well, stuff. Well, we had heard some stuff like a while ago, right? That the Flames had potentially found a suitor. The thing to me with Lucic is like Daryl loves the guy. Well, so does Brad. Brad loves the guy. But I think they both realize that he's nowhere near fucking what you're paying him. Like if I had if based on everything, right? Like so how many times has this happened in the offseason? Oh, something's cooking, nothing happens. Yeah. Based on Brad's past behavior, my inkling is that they won't be able to get this done and they'll just end up keeping Lucic. That would be my gut feeling. Yeah, but are you talking about Rampage Brad or old? Brad? Well, I mean, let's let's Rampage Brad still needs to rampage here. We don't know, man. You like what's he doing right now? Before he was sitting on the on the couch crying himself to sleep, but now I think he's probably on the speed bag right now, bro. Well, he better be. He's hey. like George, opposite George, eh? He's probably you know what he's probably up is got, down, black is white. He's probably got a toupee. I suppose your Messiah would be the Antichrist. That's Brad. Yeah. yeah. What's what's the matter, George? Uh, she's bald. <laughs> what do you mean bald? Bald, bald, bald. Oh boy. But I uh, it, like the the thing is for anything to happen, Lucic or Monahan, I guess, needs to go. And still, until I see some motherfucking Ryan Lissy eyeballs. Yeah, exactly. These rumors can. Kiss my, you know what? It's all just hearsay. It's all just rumors. It's all just. But the thing is, if the Flames are going to do something else, one of them needs to go. Unless there's something totally unexpected where that's coming down the pipeline. So, hundred percent. And they honestly, dude, you if you're Brad, you pretty much still have to go further. Oh, totally. It's not done yet. No, because you know, like you look, because again, like every in, in the excitement of getting Huberto. I think we all kind of lost lost track of the fact that like Kachuk and Gaudreau carried this team to an insane degree last year in Lindholm. And I mean, sure, you improved the blue line significantly with Mackenzie Weger, but you look at that forward group and it's still kind of a mess. Yeah. And something needs to happen. No, you need something. Um, because there's a lot of weird... I, again, I'm not saying you're going to go out and replace Matthew Kachuk, but I mean... Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk and Elias Lindholm were the best line in the entire league last year by, um, I don't even know what margin to say. Like, they were so fucking good. It was unbelievable. It was unheard of. These guys put up numbers at five on five that players since the early 90s, like Steve Eiserman, weren't hadn't, hadn't put up. Like, it was in, ridiculous. So, yeah. just to, like, chop, carve that out of your lineup. And then, obviously, you addressed part of it with Huberto, but just to, like, completely lose that and expect them to yeah. not address it in some manner, I think would be not smart. 
Well, it's hard to make an argument that losing both Johnny and Chucky while adding Huberto and Uyghur makes you better, right? Yeah, I, especially um, given the thing that I think is the most important is that is the 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 proven it's a proven commodity. It's like there's proof of work with Goudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm. Like you, those guys had major chemistry that had like you know like. We know what those guys can yeah. do together. It's like, okay, you can plug Huberto in and Uyghur in, and they're very good pieces, but you don't quite have that same proof of concept yet of how those guys are going to work with your team. That's the other factor. Like those guys, no, losing those guys in a vacuum is, yeah, I think you're worse. But also the fact that those guys were like a proven dominant force, even. No, they're the best, the best land hockey. Best land hockey. By, by a country mile. Now, however, if you take the same equation while adding, let's say, a Kadri and subtracting, let's say, a Monan or a Lucic, now you have a much stronger argument. Yeah, that's right. So this, he can't be done. Yeah. He has to, because even like, okay, let's be their next topic, but if you're listening to Huberto's uh, post signing interview is 20 minutes long. It's pretty good. He emphasized more than once that part of the sale job of Brad bringing him to Calgary long term was that he's trying, Brad is trying to win a Stanley Cup. Huberto wants to win a Stanley Cup. Brad obviously communicated to him that the Flames are in win now mode. So he has to take this. You, he hasn't gone all out yet. That's right. Rampage has not. It's just like, dude, finish the rampage. No more ha- like Breaking Bad. This, the, I hope that this the Gaudreau Chuck thing has is like a, a Breaking Bad half measures moment for Brad, where it's like no more half measures, right? We, yeah. I, I kind of liken like if he doesn't do more, it's kind of like the off season where he signed Markstrom and Tanev, and it was like, okay, I mean, most of us were skeptical of Tanev, but it was like, hey, that Markstrom good addition. But, dude, like you didn't address the biggest needs of this team. I mean, it's different since you brought in up one of the best players in the league. Obviously, it's not to that extent, but yeah. it would feel the same where it's like your work isn't done yet. This isn't complete. No, the Huberto Kachuk trade is kind of like in the Breaking Bad where Walter explodes that safe that's and makes right. that. That's like kind of that's kind of when the show just starts to elevate. But you got to get weird crazy next. Right, Walter starts to go fucking yeah. weird, crazy. He's That's got a freaking take out Gus Fring with a freaking exactly wheelchair yes. bomb. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah. Okay. Make sure. Uh, I hope Brad's watched Breaking Bad, so at yeah. least he has it in a subconscious of what he needs to do next. <laughs> yeah, That's fucking great. What a um, anything else from the Huberto? Um, because you were the one that said to me first, like it was actually yeah. really good. I listened to it on the my on the I drove, so I listened to it on the road. Um, but he, uh, I don't know, anything else stand out from that? Well, he just kind of sold because again, like I I was saying last time, like it is hard for me to to separate out. Like I know everyone's excited, and it's just hard for me, like because I'm such a big Johnny Gaudreau fan. I guess it 
it felt like Huberto needed to be sold to me more than I was like, oh, sweet, we got Huberto. But listening to his press conference, I that's what sold me. I was like, fuck yeah, this guy, this guy might be like exactly what we need, actually. He's just very mature, very well-spoken, like kind of, and again, I never had any of these issues with Gaudreau, but kind of all the things Johnny wasn't, kind of like off the ice personality character-wise, it seems Huberto is, you know? And he just seems like he's ready to freaking rock and roll. And he just seems like a stud, you know, like he's, well, he's saying he, things like I'm going to give everything I have. Right. And we're going to win a Stanley cup like that. We, we've talked about this a lot. It's like anytime a new player is involved, it's kind of interesting or acquired, like what they say, like, what do you want? Like, and the guys with pedigree usually always say Stanley cup. Right. It's like Daryl, yeah, Daryl Sutter coming back. It's like, we're winning a Stanley cup. That's why I'm coming back. That's why, right? So yeah, because like, I mean, could you imagine Johnny trying to say, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, I want to win. Yeah, yeah, we're trying yeah, to win. Yeah, sure. we, we, winning, yeah sure. would, winning would be sure. nice. It'd be cool. It'd be, sure, I'll, I'd uh, take one. Yeah. I'll take one. Yeah, I'll, sure. I'll take a Stanley Cup. That's why I go to, went to Columbus. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just want, I came here to win games, not check out the views. I came, I came just to let my wife pick my team. <laughs> yeah. So I was just very impressed with, um, you know, he just seems like a really mature guy who want, who legitimately wants to be on a good team that it's going to win a cup. Yeah. Well, I mean, 100% the intrigue factor is just ratcheted through the roof, right? Like, you're always excited for October. Yeah. But, like, you're also – right now, I'm just – fucking – I'm intrigued to see this, play, this guy play. What can he do? I know he's a good player, but, like, you mentioned on the last one, I fucking never watched this guy play. Just see him in the highlight packs, but just to watch on a nightly basis, what's that going to be like to watch Weir on a nightly basis? That to me is probably going to be really intriguing to see how that unfolds too. Because I mean, you were throwing some some Weir stats on the stories the other day, yeah. and dude, I think I think obviously Huberto is taking most of the spotlight in this trade, but silently. Weger might just be just as good of a pickup. Oh yeah, I totally exactly. From from the moment it was announced, the guy I've been more interested in seeing, like as a fucking loser analytics nerd, seeing on the team is is Weger. Especially given my love for guys like Dougie Hamilton and TJ Brody, who I never thought, not even did I think, the Flames never adequately addressed those guys. What those guys left behind. So now you have a guy who can who can do that and is a great defenseman and honestly is probably this team's best defenseman. I don't think there's any debating that maybe Tanev, but it's, it's such a perfect fit for Daryl's style of play. And the other thing I want to mention about Huberto was, I really liked what he said about Daryl. Um, I think they're going to be a really good fit. Yeah. Well, he, Daryl's already talked to him because yeah. that was good. That was a good question. Whoever that was, have you talked to the coach yet? Yeah. A couple of times. I think he said, right. Yeah, like Daryl is such a badass dude. He's already dude. fucking preparing Huberto for this season. Um, fuck, it's gonna be interesting. Hey, watching, I guess it's a bit of the core has changed a bit, but seeing this this same team under year two of Daryl Sutter because there's no more feeling out stage for what eighty five percent of the team. Mm-hmm. It's just like everybody knows the the well oiled machine that the cat like Daryl Sutter made the Calgary Flames into is not going to need a fucking big overhaul to start the season, right? It's just going to pick up right where they left off. So, 
Well, and you see what he squeezed out of Johnny Gaudreau because I even I fall prey to this. There's some revisionist history, I think. And again, I even do it with how Gaudreau's defensive game has evolved. Because there's like yeah, there's there's time. no there is no denying because in in with like rose colored glasses I'll look back and be like oh Johnny's always been you know a good back checker and it's like no he wasn't he he has turned into a totally different and better player in the year and a half he played for Daryl Sutter so you you saw what he squeezed out of Johnny Drow I can't wait to see what he's gonna squeeze out of Jonathan Huberto who who you know like like i said last time does have some defense some major defensive gaps in his game well and here's here's the thing do you think there's more to squeeze out of jonathan huberto than there was johnny gaudreau yes that's i'm i'm kind of in the same boat because like listen i think johnny played his balls off for this team especially this last year i think he's probably the more skilled player but again huberto's kind of like a next level type guy right don't you think? Yeah. Totally. And I mean, we'll get into some of the Johnny memorabilia tonight, but did he have more than two playoff moments? He had two awesome playoff moments. They were great. But they were great. Only, there was only two. There was two. And one just came in this fucking, yeah. you know, fourth, fourth last seat game. Two months ago. ago. So, I don't know. Not to say Huberto has many playoff moments, but um, again, if you compare the two, the two teams, Florida and Calgary and the two fan bases from Florida, Calgary, you've mentioned this, right? Like players get jacked playing in amped up stadiums and crowds. So he's a good Canadian boy, grew up in in the Canadian hockey leagues, Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how him and Uyghur integrate and how fast they integrate. And like you said, to how much juice is in, in both of these guys that that's going to get squeezed out. Yeah. And like, what is a Kachuk going to do in a half empty rink in Florida? What are you thinking, bud? Dude. Right. Like you sucked in the bubble year. It's going to be the exact same. Dude. Good point. Because if Florida's, I don't know. It'd be interesting. The Florida seg is going to be interesting because I know like a big part of me feels like Quinville is the guy that really took this team to the next level. Yeah. And I know the replacement coach had maintained that last season. They were offensive juggernauts. Well, yeah, you lose that. You you don't, you you can't, you know, main, you can maybe maintain what Quinville instilled, but you can't, you know, like, like that's the thing with Daryl's, right? It's like, Everything gets amped up all the time. It's always going on an upward trajectory with with coaches like Daryl and Quinville, like guys who have won and guys who know how to win. Yeah, I mean, Brad is is appearing that Brad won the trade, the Kachuk trade, and it's. I would not be surprised if it turns out that both Matthew and Johnny lose in their trades, just on a personal level. Oh, Johnny's lost. Sorry. Johnny's left like 15, 20 million dollars on the table, pissed everybody in the entire in every everybody off, tarnished his legacy to some people, um, and has to play in Columbus. I've made a huge mistake. Huge. 
Man, it's gonna be interesting. Interesting seeing uh, Johnny have a kid, because it sounds like his wife has a heavy influence over him. <laughs> <laughs> so her, when she has that kid, man, you know, the first eight months are just fucking hell. So we'll see how Johnny fares out at the beginning of the season. Good luck, okay. John. Speaking of John, let's do some Johnny. And how do you want to do this? Want to flip back and forth? Should we just do one player at a time, or should we mission? Let's probably do one at a time. Eh? Let's do one at a time. I let's guess. do Johnny first because even though Johnny um, had more highlight reel plays in his tenure, the memorable moments don't really compare to what Matthew Kachuk did and brought entertainment wise to not only this team but the whole fucking league. The guys, like you said, single-handedly restored the Battle of Alberta. So we'll start with Johnny because probably Chuck's going to give us just more meat to chew on. Yeah, and it is kind of weird looking back at Johnny because, like, it is – it has been a long time. Like, eight years is a, is a – it's, it's, it's been weird. It's been a weird eight years. But, I mean, the first memory I kind of just have of him was – because, like, go back to those years, like, right? Like, fuck. Dude. It was like they were putting those weird teams together where Iggy was still there. And it was like, okay, you kind of have Glenn Cross still around. But it's like they're trying to stay competitive. They sign Hoodler. They reacquire Camilleri. It's just like, what a fucking nightmare. And they never make the playoffs. And they're in 10th and 9th and 11th. It was brutal. It was brutal. They're doing things like trying to get Ryan O'Reilly and almost losing all their picks and shit. It was so bad. So Johnny and, pretty like Johnny revitalized the franchise in in non in in so many ways. Yeah, and it's not so many, not so much that he had like you know a bunch of big moments, even though he did. But it's more kind of like the the overall impact he had during his entire tenure, right? Which is just like making it exciting to go yeah. watch the Flames live if he was playing. And he didn't fucking get injured. No. Hardly ever. I think he broke his finger once after Minnesota slashed him like 38 times that, that one game. But yeah. that that was what was the best part about it was like, hey, growing up in the Aginla era, I, was, I loved Jerome Aginla, but you never had that. The Flames never had a guy who was like, hey, I'm going to be freaking out of my seat tonight with what he just did with the puck. And we had that for eight years with Drew, and that was freaking unreal. Yeah, it's hard to pick any one moment that stands out because he's fucking did it on a nightly basis, right? Yeah, like you just look back at all some of those nights where he would have like nine points or a bunch of his hat trick games. And it's just like you don't really remember those as like standout moments, but they were incredible at the time. Yeah, I just remember like watching Johnny over the time, and then it's like so eighteen nineteen, right? Yeah. He's gotten he has ninety point ninety nine points, hits a career high, but it's just like you saw him go to an entirely new level. You're just like, holy fuck, he's finding another gear, and just so fucking dangerous, right? Especially eighteen nineteen because he was. Remember how good we were off the rush. Whew. We're just, we're just like fucking the most dangerous rush team in the league. And it, a lot of it was Johnny. Johnny coming down, cutting to the middle of the ice, coming down over the blue line, cutting into the middle. And just as the dude finding ice time, dragging all the team towards him, dishing it off. That was fucking 
him watching him go to another level because because like he got player of the month, right? Yeah, he'd do that from uh, time to time. Yeah, and where he just goes off, you're just like, dude, this guy is performing at a an elite level consistently. Um, and the you know even this year with the breakaways, because like oh he's that, money. That was the other thing about Johnny yeah. up until this last season. Like that had to be a Daryl thing. Now that I think back to it, because that was his biggest thing. It was like, dude, stop going fucking five hole every single fucking time, right? And then the amount of foot, the, his little snipe, top shelf, dude. I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, we're gonna I- because that's 15 to 20 goals you're not gonna get this season. The way he scored them, where it's just like Chucky feathers one from God knows where. <laughs> Hey, just somehow Johnny's oh. on a break. And you're like, this is going in. Bink. Yeah. Gonna he, miss that. There's that New York Rangers goal. That's what they they were playing on separate lines, but that was from I think 1819. Johnny scores that goal against the Rangers. Kachuk just like feeds it just like from the other end. Oh man. Oh fuck, that was my yeah. There were some really oh. good moments from his rookie season. I remember a lot of three on three overtime. Like, remember some of those three on three? Yeah. There's one against Chicago where it's like him and Monahan are on the ice for like a literal like the, the you can watch you can go on YouTube and watch the entire thing. It's like full overtime. It's just so fucking unbelievable. It's like Monahan and Gaudreau against Taves, and I don't know if Kane was on the ice, but it, I know Taves was on the ice. And Monahan and Johnny are just like just working it in in the offensive zone, just relentless. And Brent Seabrook gets the puck, and. After Johnny's had a chance, Johnny just lifts his stick, strips him, and buries it for the overtime winner. It was just like, whew. It was so electrifying watching those guys play three-on-three for so long, especially when Monaghan didn't suck. Yeah, that's what I also had. It was all the overtime back of the fucking Monty and Johnny. And it was yeah. usually Brody. Remember, it was the three of them. Yeah, it Brody. Fucking, it was fucking money. Geo. <laughs> <laughs> Geo. There was another game, I think it was in Goudreau's rookie season too. Um, the Boston game. He so Johnny had a hat trick, but he scores the overtime winners his hat trick goal against Boston to win the game. Oh man, I remember that one. Doug Dougie Hamilton feeds him right in the slot and he's got like a partial break and just five hole buries it backhand. Dude, he scored a lot of fucking money. His rookie yeah, his rookie season was awesome because they did make the playoffs too. Right, I, I think the Boston one might not have been his rookie season, but that that was a pretty magical year. And yeah. you know, like again, coming off the ab- absolute shit you had to deal with, with, oh, with for the past six years, had made the playoffs since two thousand eight. Like what a nightmare that was! And then Johnny comes on the scene, has a great rookie scene, leads them to the playoffs, which was like incredible in in itself. And then they beat the Canucks in the first round. And I remember he scored. There's that. Uh, there's a a gif or a freaking just a picture. I think yeah, Mon- Monahan scores. Yeah, Monahan scores a goal, and Johnny's just like grabbing him, just screaming like a motherfucker, just like. Well, then there's so the, intense. There's the gif. Was it after the Anaheim? It's the game six. He tied it up, right? Oh, I think that was game three, maybe. Well, game three, whatever. So, but that's. That's one of the memorable Johnny playoff moments, right? That yeah, was that's that one, and then this year. But yeah, I think there's there's a gif where his like lightning bolts are shooting out of his eyes and shit. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that goal, right? Fuck, was that huge, dude? That was like, what was that? That was like six, seven years of 
playoff failure, not even making the playoffs. It was seven years of like frustration. I don't know if it was seven years, 2008, the last time they made the playoffs. Just like distilled down into one moment where Johnny freaking ties that game. Because again, they were like, they come back. Remember, come back all their comebacks that year? Yep. It was just like, well, on 18 19, too. Yeah, they fucking did it again. And Johnny scores with 20 seconds left. I'll never forget that goal. Oh, man. He just roofs it on Freddie Anderson. Unbelievable. And then all the celebrations. Yeah. Right. Like, you, you first off, you obviously you have the Monty Johnny love affair. <laughs> right. The biggest bromance in sports, in sports history. But he's jumping in everybody's arms, man. Dougie Hamilton's, oh. right? James Neal's. It's like <laughs> anybody that's taller than him, which is everybody, right? Fucking man, dude. Oh. And it, it was just like, I don't know, maybe this is a bit of a bummer. I'm going to miss him, dude. I yeah, miss him because I, I, watching him play all the time was so much fun. And it, the thing that oh, bums yeah. me out the most is like, in retrospect, like him and Monaghan really kind of felt like they were going to be our like Taze and Kane, right? That was, yeah. I remember that being like kind of the comparable. And I mean, you forget how good Monaghan was back in those days. It yeah, did, you sure do, don't it you? It did look like they were going to be like, these two guys are going to lead us to freaking so much success. And it never really happened, which is part of the reason I'm so fucking pissed off he left. It's like, hey, they were just getting it. Yeah. Left. Just getting it. Fuck. Could you imagine though, like, because we're sitting here, you're like, fuck, we lost this guy. Yeah. But then you're like, okay, but we have Huberto. So if we didn't have Huberto, come dude, on, dude, what would this be like right now? I would be so devastated. If they had traded Kachuk for like what maybe we thought they're going to get, like a pick and a prospect and maybe a roster player, like we'd be sit, we, I don't even know if I'd be doing this. I would have offed myself by now. Like, <laughs> not even kidding. Oh boy, you got the Riddich Deke from last season. Was that last season? The overtime winner when they when they play Riddich. Oh yeah, Toronto, oh Toronto. that was in the bubble. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, just um, so many uh, in tight. Remember that? Uh, oh, remember the uh, the break uh, shootout was against the minute. Was it Talbot? It was some. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that. the flip. Goal. Somebody, somebody in Minnesota, where he just like deeks and deeks and back, and then he just. As a last ditch effort, he's like eight feet from the goal. He just flips it up and it goes in. That was fucking crazy. Hey? Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, we're obviously gonna miss some stuff. There was the uh there was the this was in his rookie year too. I have a lot of memories of his rookie year because it was such a fun year. But they're in LA, they're down three nothing, and motherfucker starts scores a goal, scores another one, scores and the, the hat trick goal. This was right before the Christmas break, I remember. And he, he scores a hat trick to tie the game. His third goal was like in the last minute. And then Gio wins it in overtime. Fuck. Right before the Christmas break. That was amazing. Dude, he's just, he was, he is. He's a fucking wizard, dude. Yeah. Somebody calls him the wee wizard on Twitter. Dude, what? that's totally what he is. And just so fucking fun to watch. Look, if you're listening, I'm sure yeah. you can remember all sorts of fucking one offs that we missed, but, um, like again, for him, it was more more of the whole body of work, right? Like, I mean, even watching him at the All Star game was fun because he's just like so good at doing oh, yeah. stuff other guys couldn't do. Like when, when he had, when he beat Kane, yeah, and he's like flipping those pucks through those freaking little holes. That was cool. Like nobody else could even come close to doing that. And how about having fucking one of the coolest dads? 
Yeah, you know, I can tell you for a fact. No, not for a fact. I can. I Gee wanted him to stay in Calgary. We all know that. Dude, we all man. know Gee was like telling him, John, stay in Calgary. We know it, right? Yeah. This is going to be one of those things where it's like 20 years from now. I should have listened to my. Should have listened to my dad. Should have listened to my dad and not my now ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. He had some so, good breakaways in overtime too. Like, remember the Riddick one where Riddick's like celebrating? Yep, that was good. Dude, um, just so clutch, man. He was really good in that in that stupid Glenn Gulletts in 2017, 2018 season. I remember he he had a really good road trip against the Rangers Islanders. Maybe it was the freaking LeBron James road trip, but he was so good that year. And the team just sucked. Just all the bobbing and weaving and finding the wide open guy, Lindholm, yeah. Monaghan. It was a play. And this year capped it off. Like I've never seen a guy like, again, he led the league. I think Huberto beat him in primary assists this year by like a one, but he was second. But like how many passes did he make this year? that were just like, holy shit. Dude, how did that? How in the past it? seven years, dude? Like, uh, yeah. like I, I remember I've talked about this. Like, my dad and I went to an LA game, sat in row three, and he came down the ice, and all you see is black. Like, you can't. You're kind of like you have to like look around the players trying. Like, okay, Johnny's on the puck. Okay, okay, still got it. Comes closer and closer. He's beat, wobbing and beaving. It's like no one can touch him, and all of a sudden. He's down on the on the goal line, passes it to Sean Monahan, like no look pass and back of the net. Yeah. Like that that was quintessential Johnny Goudreau and Monahan too at that point. But one more random goal that popped in my mind. He scored against Florida. I think his grandpa died or something the night the day before. He scored a sweet goal in Florida. That was sweet. That nine six game against the Blue Jackets where he had like four goals or something and like nine points. Do you remember that one? That was crazy. Frick. There's yeah. just, there's just so many like, holy shit moments that we probably just like glossed over that. That one where Torts is like that seventh goal. was a real backbreaker. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. I can't even watch some audio clips, man. Torts. Yeah. Frick man. Um, yeah. Yeah, that would have been funny to see him play with Johnny in Philly. Yeah. That'd be good. Johnny's family on Twitter. Sister, mom, getting on it, roasting Francis with us. Yeah, that was another thing that was awesome. The family was cool. Katie roasting Francis was awesome, even though Francis gets the last laugh, fucker. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to have all these little memories of Johnny. I think the ultimate one, the one that will stick out the most is is – Probably the biggest success he's had is the fucking yeah. game seven overtime game winning goal in overtime in a game seven beating Ottinger over the over the shoulder and silencing the critics. Yeah, like like that to me is that he finally fucking did that because the motherfucker all he did was get knocked for seven straight years, eight straight years. Can't play in the playoffs, can't perform in the playoffs, can't show up in the playoffs, can't get done in the playoffs, won't want to be a help you win the playoffs, blah blah blah. Game seven pulls a Kawhi Leonard game series winning goal in overtime. He did it. It was so, it was the happy most again. I don't know if it was the happiest, it was the most relieving 
because all I could just think about was like, thank God he it was Johnny yeah. and he scored mm-hmm. like his thank God as a Johnny Gaudreau fan who's like always been so worried for some reason I take it personally when people criticize him I was just like oh my god thank the lord it was Johnny so what is he put him in the camp with Joel Otto and Marty Shelena as the only flames to score game seven winners that's fucking nuts in overtime how much of his decision to move on was based on the fact that he was able to exercise some of those demons and maybe he was just like okay, I could leave on a high I could leave on a high note and I pull a George but then he left on the lowest note ever totally yeah he did he did he pulled a George tried to leave on a high note and went back in yeah exa- yeah exactly but yeah I mean it, it's hard right now it'll always be hard for that to be not only the biggest moment because two months later he dipped so there's always going to be that asterisk where it's like, fuck, it was such a great moment, but then that was the last moment. So to, to me, the best moment, my favorite control moment will always be, I, I again, being a fan for so long, will be the Anaheim goal where he tied it with like 20 seconds left. I just, I always loved that. That was my favorite of all time. Yeah. Well, for me, it'll be the game seven. Because you and I have always stood up for him. Yeah, and he, and he even proved us right. He came through for us for a night. Came through for us for a night, and then dipped twice. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Okay, Matthew Chuck. <laughs> Where do you fucking begin, dude? This one is like, bu- this one bum is bumming me out more as the days go by. Well, it's true because you're sitting here like, dude. It's not even. It's so much more than just hockey. That this guy did like it was was entertainment well and it's not hockey entertainment it's something else isn't it it's like the the game within the game entertainment so now you get to watch a hockey game but you also get to watch another game happening simultaneously the one of my favorite activities i think you'll agree with me is during games whether you're at the game or watching on tv it's just like just iso camming kachuk whether he's on the ice or not no yeah it's been Dude, how many times were you like, please just mic this guy up? Exactly. Like, like just how much sh- money could you make off that? Just the shit he does and says. Like, and the things where it's just like he's on the bench looking like a rabid dog, like he wants to kill somebody and score a goal. Just like little things like that that I'll miss so much. And fuck was he he was a hell of a player, too. Yeah, then there's that. <laughs> there's that too. Fuck, you know what? Fuck, man. He's yeah. gonna leave a hole. He's leaving a hole. Yeah, could and the thing too is that Johnny served his time. We got a good chunk of t- we. Johnny didn't really. He maybe he left another few years on the table with how much success this team had. Yeah, it was kind of like we got we got kind of like our fair we got our fair share of Johnny Gaudreau in his career here. We would have wanted more, a lot of us, but you know we got a pretty awesome eight years. Yeah, we like, didn't get the dessert. Yeah, we got the tip of the. Fruit. Yeah, that's right. We got the tip Chuck. of the iceberg with Matthew Kachuk. We haven't had the main course yet, bro. Yeah. Hey, we get appetizers and aperitifs. Which that's what kind of is bumming me out. Maybe a nice salad, but yeah, it was a really good salad. It was a really good salad. So got a bunch on my list, man. Obviously, the Dowdy Sega. <laughs> which 
But again, man, you want to talk about quintessential. It's like this guy determined himself, and I wonder how much of it comes back to a U.S.-Canadian rivalry. There's probably some aspect of it there, right? Because you know he's younger than Dowdy. He's he's watching he's watching Dowdy and fucking probably World Juniors, and he probably has a hate on for the guy who's fucking – so he probably comes into the league with a few players he doesn't like already. And then he knows Dowdy was one of the top D-men at the time, targets him. I don't think he meant to go full elbow to the actual face. I think he kind of got overblown there. Like, you know, he overdid it. But he full elbows him to the face. Did Doughty miss time? Did he get injured? I don't think he was injured, but he was kind of like bloodied on the play, maybe. That was a fucking dirty play. That was, the, yeah. Which was really... The only dirty play. The only one. The rest are all chippy. and what, This is one dirty play. But... That elbow never even gets talked about, really, if the next sequence of events doesn't happen, <laughs> right? Because it's like game two, the next time they play, they face off. And it's like first shift of the game, and here comes Matthew Kachuk. Doughty's got the fucking puck for a second in the neutral zone. Here comes Matthew Kachuk flying out of nowhere. trying to Never seen him skate that fast. Dude, still haven't. <laughs> Just fucking trying to annihilate the guy. And then this is where I think the fan base turns and starts to realize, holy shit, who is this guy? Right? Wasn't this kind of like the first little, the first inklings of like, oh my God, we got a fucking player on our hands. Like, what else is this guy going to do? And then that saga just continuing to unfold and intensify. And you're like, wow, he, Matthew Kachak really has the ability to get under the skin of obviously a whole team, but specifically one player in this instance. And you're just like, fuck that. That whole saga has just been fucking hilarious. Well, it was must must watch TV between Calgary and LA. Yes. Like it was, mu- that's what I'm going to miss the most is like these Kachuk created so much. Yeah, and for the league too, it's just like nobody wants to watch. Who wants to watch a Calgary LA game? Everybody, because he's on freaking Hockey Night in Canada, saying things like, you know, they ask him like, "Oh, why don't you? Shouldn't you show Drew Doughty respect? He's a Norris Trophy winner." And he's like, "Well, I show Geo respect, and he's a Norris Trophy winner, so fuck right and then, off." And then just does that shitting grin. <laughs> 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 fuck, man, I'm gonna miss his post game, yeah. pre game, fucking hilarious, man. So yeah, that, good. Yeah. Yeah. The Doughty stuff. And like, I mean, even up until even recently has been going like, remember that time there was a game in, uh, in LA where there was a pile drive and remember Geo came flying in. Yeah. It was just freaking madness. Dude. And there, was, there was that game where Doughty scored the overtime winner. And he was, we were, I think we were at that game and he's telling the crowd to suck his dick and stuff. Kachuk scored that wicked tying goal with like 10 seconds left. Yeah, yeah, you and I were there. It was one of the earlier games in eighteen nineteen. Yeah, wasn't it's it? just it might have been well, the no, it, it might have been the next year. Yeah, yeah, it, it was nineteen twenty. We were like it's game one or two or some shit. The Flames are getting shit can. Well, yeah, they were. This is when they was this Ward. This yeah, is this, Peters. This was Pete. This was Jeff. This was, this was, this Jeff. was oh no, this oh, was, this was pre, yeah. You're yeah, right. Pre 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 Ward when they started getting out shot like twenty five to yeah. zero to start mm-hmm. games. That was like the new regular thing. Yeah. And um, then, but 
he was uh, targeting Dowdy all night. Dowdy was trying to get back at him, and the hatred was growing. You could feel it. You could feel it. LA was up two nothing, like what eight minutes into the game, mm-hmm. kicking our ass. We mounted a bit of a comeback. Kachuk scores the game tying goal in the dying seconds of the third period with a net empty by corralling the puck mm-hmm. first out of midair from behind the net and then turning and pivoting and then hitting it through his legs to score the goal. Hey folks, support for the Hockey Podcast Network comes from DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook this summer. They have a promo going on where new customers can get a risk-free bet up to a thousand bucks. So you can make your first bet up to a thousand bucks and if you don't win, you get another shot to cash in. So you can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, everything. There's parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders. I will pretend I know what any of those things are. But if you do know what those things are, there's tons of betting options for you. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN to make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That promo code is THPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. And, and then when they show the review from behind the net, there's Dowdy fucking yelling at the ref, no, high stick, no. <laughs> but the fucking goal counts. And you're just like, this motherfucker just pulled that off. And then obviously Dowdy fucking wins because Sam Bennett takes the fucking penalty in overtime. Good job, Sam. And then, yeah, Dowdy tells him to suck his dick. But like that, well, that like, feud, that feud. Even, right? e- yeah, even like it was kind of like a pre-Cassian. It was like Kachuk was like 20 or 19. And the King, remember there was like in the warm-up during one of those games, all the tough guys on the Kings are coming over to him sounding like you're fucking dead. Yeah, and he ends up he ends up fighting them, right? Like I think I don't know if it was more he fought or who it was. It was like McDermott. Yeah, McDermott. That's right. He fights him off the off the draw, center ice, opening yeah. face off. You're just like, dude, who is this fuck? He's a kid. He's just like fighting these punk. grown ass men. Yeah, a little punk kid. Like, what a shithead. Love it. And like, how many times? Not only did he like mount the comeback with a big play, or oh man, there was just so many times. There's like we're like he's the guy. On the bench, it's like, okay, no, we're not. We're tying this game, or I'm going to make shit happen. Whether it was a play, a goal, whatever. Yeah. Well, up until this season, he was always the guy scoring the tight, the tying goals, getting us yeah. back into games, right? He always kick-started the comebacks. It's going to be interesting to see uh, the lightning rivalry because you know <laughs> who's he going to target. Well, see, that's what's so awesome to me. And, again, I know everybody who, like, isn't a Flames fan and hates the guy is like, oh, what a what – a, Dumbass, shut up. You're such a little like the lightning. You're good. Like, do you get how fucking unreal that is for the game? Dude, it's amazing. Like, that, he's, gonna, that... he's gonna make Tampa, Florida must watch TV. Oh, yeah. It already has been. And like, that, even more so. Yeah. And that... now watch, watch he'll bring Bennett into um oh totally more so because Ben and him are obviously buds. So if people are fucking with Kachuk, dude, it's gonna be fucking bloody. It's gonna be bloodbath. Like it's going to be incredible, and that's can't be understated. And I know <laughs> he's going to make the shittiest, most irrelevant team, like must, not shitty because they're good, but like a team nobody wants to watch. People will want to watch. Totally. So, well, then let's go to the Cassie and Sega. Stay off the tracks. Holy shit, dude. Like, do we even have to talk about it? Everybody fucking knows. 
you were there. There, but I mean, but I mean, the, like, I don't think there's a more watched YouTube no. clip NHL highlight than like the goalie fight game. Like the, the, those segments of games from that season between the, the Flames entire and the Oilers. fucking league. All people that watch the sport that would never watch the Flames on a random night or watch the Oilers, maybe they might because McDavid, were just like, when's the next battle, Britta? Putting it on my calendar right now. All analysts, people that go to bed at fucking, you know, whatever, Eastern time, never watch the Western Conference. They're fucking staying up for the battle or taping it, watching the next day. Like, that was, like, the most anticipated game of the season, probably more so than any playoff games, was that second game after the stay off the tracks. Like, if like, I like you to- said, he, like, he was not just doing stuff for – your local fan base is doing stuff for the entire fucking NHL. It wasn't like back in the day when like poor Rocky Thompson would go throw him and like just get the 15 people in the saddle dome to clap a little bit. It was like Kachuk was creating like that. That's what I'll, another thing I'll miss is like those, those event type nights at the dome where it's like, hey, it's Saturday night. I'm going to a hockey game that the entire country league, the entire, everybody who's a hockey fan is going to be watching this game. I remember just like being at that game. And it was just like crazy. I was on my phone. It's like those games were like, I can't like all three of them. There was three that year. There were just like you. It was so incredible. Yeah, and it's true. The best part of all of it. My favorite part. The stay off the track stuff was amazing. The Flames win that game. Kachuk obviously yeah, will take the points. He'll take the penalty. Stupid idiot. Caught him. <laughs> caught him three times there. But the best part of all of it was like after Kachuk fights him in the next game, and people are like, oh, he's like. The more people said don't fight him, the more I wanted to fight him. Yeah, it was fucking epic, dude. Fucking love that kid. The whole uh oh, there's fan base of the turtle thing. Yeah. Like Oh, they're still on that, eh? Oh yeah, the love that coach it's like, dude, he doesn't even play for us anymore. So we did. <laughs> I saw a great stat the other day, um, just emphasizing how fucking shitty the Oilers have been. So it was like uh, the last time each team in the NHL had been in the top five standings wise in the league. Yeah. You want to know when the Oilers, the last time they were in the top five? When? when? 1990. <laughs> like it was 90? one of the worst in the whole, Holy like, like we obviously shit, we bro. were in 2019. It was oh, 30. So five Stanley cups. <laughs> How many do you have? Pathetic. I'm surprised the, the Canadians don't use that one, eh? 23 Stanley Cups. You think they just respond, to every, they just respond to every argument with a number 23 at the bottom? It's weird how they don't do that, eh? Yeah, weird. So, yeah, man, obviously, like, dude, we went out and made fucking... We went t-shirts. Out and go made to t-shirts. Fucking, we got artwork done. We commissioned somebody to create artwork to make T-shirts for the fucking stay off the whole fucking tracks. Like, what? When have we been inspired to do that again? Like, not, my God, not even anything that was, close. That was the, the most exciting time to be a Flames fan since 04. Yeah. And then, I mean, like, even the fact that the season got shut down, think about your memory. Like, the, think about what happened even when this freaking NHL gets shut down and there's a bubble playoff, you can think of like 15 Matthew Kachuk moments from a qualifying round 
in a shitty playoff where there's no fans in the stand. He fights Blake Wheeler. He was so good in that qualifying series. He fights Corey Perry. Like, frick. Frick. Slices Mike Sheffy's ankle off by accident. Hey, I wonder if Paul Maurice is his new coach. I wonder if he's going to apologize for calling him a dirty, rotten scoundrel. Dude, I just totally... They hired Paul Maurice. I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Paul Maurice is coaching the, the Paul Florida Maurice Panthers? is coaching Florida for some Dude, reason. Well, that makes zero sense, man. Maybe he'll finally get those black circles up around his eyes gone. <laughs> All that time living in Winnipeg. All that time living in basement. Yeah, I remember how butthurt Maurice was about that. Yeah. That was- dirty, filthy play by a uh, scumbag. That was, that was pathetic, dude. Wow. Okay. Um, like we can go on with the other shit, just never ending. But yeah, it's a fucking bummer, dude. It's a bummer. And I mean, even again, we've his pedigree as a hockey player. Well, that too, right? It's not. Yes, it's not like the Rocky Thompson shit. Yeah. I mean, one thing, if he was a handsome brother, the motherfucker was a fantastic hockey player as well. You got the be- remember the between the legs uh, goal against San Jose. Fuck, dude. That's my favorite one, the roof one. Yeah. Yeah. Bar down. Like the Wh- guy which is still- his, how many, <laughs> okay, he scored us between the league against Vegas, New York, San Jose, obviously Nashville. Obviously, the Nashville one's number one, San Jose's number two, New York number three, Vegas number four. Like, you can rank his top five between the legs goal. That's how good this guy is. Just the fact, dude, even if he, his only thing ever was the Nashville comeback. Yeah. That's the fifth greatest goal scored in any sport of all time, according to TSN. Like, what he did is mind-blowing. And I I remember, because we talked about this after that, the team was down, or the team was up. And then it was a Nashville, wild series of events. Nashville yeah. tied it, and then they went up late. And it's just like fuck. This is kind of like watching, like fuck. This one's over. You look at the bench. Every the bench pans from left to right. Every fucking player has their head down. Looks defeated. Looks like they're done. The very last player on the very right of the bench pans him last. Matthew Kachuk. What's he doing? Sitting with his fucking head down? No, he's got one leg over the board. He's fucking leaning forward. He's like bobbing, ready to get on the ice. Mowing on his mouth guard. Looked like he was ready to fucking kill somebody. Looked like a dog to be a bull to be set loose. Does he set up the tying goal or he scored the tying goal? I think he scored it. Yeah, he scored it. It was like a rebound goal. Dude, like, give me a fucking break. How, oh my God, dude. If TSN had the context of of that as well, that's got to be the greatest goal of overtime ever scored. Because then he goes in overtime and scores that between the legs with fucking whatever, how many seconds left? Point one. You're like, fuck. We're going we're gonna to miss this guy. Yeah, we're going to miss this guy, I think, more than we even freaking know, dude. Because that's the thing, too. Like, on the ice, he's just so underrated. I think yeah, until until is. this year, where yeah. everybody kind of realized like how good he could be. He's just such a beast. And I know we had the we had the rough Jeff Ward 
uh, bubble year. Trade him. Where everybody wanted to trade him for some reason. Trade him. And he did Stinks. have some. He did have some rough moments that year. The, Stinks. The falling yeah, flat sure on did. his face in the yeah, empty we'll, net. We'll, we've talked enough about those. We'll admit those from the memory bank. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, can't I skate. Mean, can't yeah. hit. Can't battle. <laughs> can't back check. Can't I mean, make a. Can't score an empty net that year. Has a guy packed more memorable moments into no. like a six-year span with a team no. than Matthew Chuck did here? Well, I don't know. How about memorable seismic moments? Yeah. Because it's not even just like, oh, yeah, some good memories. Seismic, dude. Like, he, like, dude, even when he freaking – and sure, he got carried away, but like he cranks – he who did he murder on Dallas in game one with that hit? Was It was Klingberg. Yeah. He cranks him into the boards in that game one. Man, he was good in game one. Just fucking destroys Klingberg. Then fights the next game. If he wants to target me, where did he get? Where did he go again? Anaheim. Oh, for one him. year. Hopefully, you get some teeth ways down there, eh? <laughs> What's he doing with all that fucking gap in his teeth? You know. You know. <laughs> you know. What? Bite the heads off a fish or something <laughs> else? Or both? Both. Both. Yeah, like, frick, dude. Even even the fact, like, remember the 3M line was money for so long. Fuck. There's just so many things that don't even, you don't even think about. With Kachuk. There's so many of the huge seismic moments, but below that are just so many great. He was just such a good, such a good player, man. Game seven, scores the time. Was his tying goal? Yeah. Dude, he, him and Johnny were the ones that won the game seven against fucking. He was the guy that first beat Ottinger. When remember, because they remember the the announcers you were watching on the other broadcast. They're never going to score on this guy. <laughs> Two minutes later, Chuck Chuck roofs it, fucking ties it up. That was a money goal, dude. And I mean, I I always will remember the day they drafted him. Like I I I used to watch drafts all the time, and I remember watching that draft. And realizing that Kachuk was going to fall to the flames was just like, holy shit. Yeah. I, I cannot believe this. The audible gasp was what I, I will never forget. When the Canucks, because it was like, yeah, the obvious pick here is Matthew Kachuk. Like literally every single analyst was like, he's the next best player available. And you're just sitting there as a Flames fan. So it's like, when are we ever going to catch a fucking break? Okay. <laughs> Vancouver goes up. Select uh, <laughs> can you let only you level let me. I remember the audible gasp from the crowd. I was like, What? People were like, What the fuck are they doing? And as Flames fan, you're just like fucking Yeah, you're just like, Oh my god, we got Matthew Kachuk. It was this is fucking it was money. Crazy. And the fucking guy did not disappoint, man. Boy, did he not. And even even his exit. Yeah, it was very Matthew Kachuk. After following up what Johnny Gaudreau did. <laughs> sure did disappoint, did he? It's pretty funny. Like, <clears throat> that one guy who, like, clearly wanted to be here but got swayed by his family to leave is, like, he's a villain. And the guy who was like, nah, I'm good. Get me out of here. Like, yeah, thanks, Matt. I get it's it's honor. There's you know that's what it is. It's not about loyalty. It's about honor. Yeah, hundred percent. Because that's the thing. It's just like whatever. 
do what you gotta do, but at least fucking be honest. You know what was right? funny? I was thinking of one play from the bubble year that cracked me up. Um, that just came up on the highlights when I was just kind of watching stuff before. There's a game where fucking Nestrov, remember Nikita Nestrov? Oh yeah, how can you forget Nikita? <laughs> he breaks his stick. I think they were playing the Leafs, and he's in the offensive zone asking Kachuk for a stick. And Kachuk won't, or they're on, they're defending, and Kachuk won't give him a stick. He's like, "Fuck off." <laughs> Nestrov was like begging for it, and Chucky won't give him a stick. It was amazing. Yeah, you mentioned the Shifley Wheeler. Like, remember when he even did the thing where the puck was going out of play? Oh, it was going to be yeah. a penalty, and he fucking did he throw his stick or he jumped up to try to catch it? Well, yeah, he jumped up and high sticked it to keep yeah. it in play. And people were like, What a loser. Why would he do that? They're like, Well, he actually, because it was going to be a penalty. That's That's why. Dummy, Z. plural. Oh man, fuck, dude! I got a picture of. Yeah, so I was our, looking at. Our, I got a hand drawn picture of the guy right here. Our buddy NK on Twitter, I think he listens too. He's from Australia. Fucking sends this halfway across the world for us. Fucking unbelievable caricature of him. Like hands down, dude. Listen, I, yeah, I like John Gaudreau. He's fucking. He's a great player. But I never went out and bought a jersey until Matthew Kachuk. I had Jerome and then Kachuk. Like, like he was the guy that inspired me to fucking fucking get another fucking jersey finally. Right. And like again, I just keep thinking of all the scrums. Like, remember that Phoenix, the Arizona brawl that was like, was that last year? All the face washing. With Kemper and all that shit. Oh yeah, Kemper, yeah. Like, fucking what? ragdoll, pulling just, down from behind, clotheslining him. And even like all the stuff with his being buddies with Riddick, like, man, there's just so many crazy fun shit that was that Matthew Kachuk created and brought to this team. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this sucks, dude. I can tell. I'll watch some. I'll, you know what? I will watch Johnny Gaudreau for the sake of watching Johnny Gaudreau for entertainment. Yeah. Just, just for like sheer. Man, he's good at hockey, but I have an inkling I'll be actually watching totally more Matthew. I'll be following Kachuk a lot closer. Yeah, me too. Because like, because, yeah, yeah, hands down, dude. Like missing his antics and he just again inter- beyond entertainment value. It's just yeah. like I'm gonna miss that so much. Just so much crazy shit he used to do. Like he'd steal Corey Perry's stick that one time. Frick, Fuck. I miss that motherfucker. I know, antics, dude. And you know he's well, only hey, you know the, he's only to crank it up now too. Yeah, the good news is, and I don't know, this may be the first time I'll test this. I might become, a, I might still be a fan. Yeah, of a player post absolutely, obviously, absolutely. obviously Jerome, yeah. right? Obviously Jerome, but this is a little different because Jerome was at the end of his career. But yeah. I could probably still see myself being a big fan of this yeah. guy. I yeah, I'll be cheering him forever. Oh, the other, I was gonna say he fought Ryan Kessler like early in his career. And that was I love that because like yeah, that's like a rite of passage, you know? Because every flame, every good flame star player has to beat the piss out of Ryan Kessler. A punch to Ryan Kessler's <clears throat> face is definitely a rite of passage. Exactly. Iggy did it, Chuck did it. Gotta do it. Okay, well, that's uh, that's gonna probably what wrap up our little uh, <laughs> trip down memory lane with these two players, and from now on, they're gonna be enemies. But um, I can't wait to see what this 
what Kachuk pulls against the first game in Calgary? Dude, you know. Remember, he, dude, he, he went he after, after Gio. Or, Remember, we came up where they played yeah. Seattle and he goes after Gio. <laughs> dude. Who is he going after, do you think? No, and in Calgary, no less. When does he come to Calgary? Do we know? Did you pull it up? Everybody had the Columbus date circle. I'll pull it up right now. Like, he, he, I was just fucked And you know that he's going to. He's he's going to try and piss off the crowd because he knows that secretly the crowd will love it. Who, like, I'm trying to think who it'll be that he'll probably, uh, he'll probably go after Huberto, I bet. Well, I should go after Lindholm. He'll go Lindholm. Yeah, he'll screw with Lindholm. Manji Pond, he knows he can get under Manji's skin for sure. Probably um, Markstrom. Oh, he'll be in his face so hard. So the Flames play Florida in Florida on November 19th. Ooh, that's early. So that will be the first time we see Matthew Kachuk. Florida isn't here until... Oh, frick, I hate the NHL schedule. Are they not here till March? Fuck off. Where the hell are they? Yeah, I must have missed it because I'm scrolling through the freaking schedule. Well, check in November because they were... This season, they started doing the home and homes a little sooner. Oh, yeah. I'm an idiot. November 29th. Dude. Okay. We don't have to wait long. This is sick. Two, it'll be a Tuesday evening. November and they'll 29th. be in that suite that they're playing in Florida first because there'll be some animosity carried back. And probably. Yeah. yeah. So he'll probably set the stage on the 19th. Exactly. And he then set the stage for the 29th. Main show 29th. Fuck. I have to go to that game. Oh, I'm going. Oh, I'm going. Fuck you, Matthew Kachuk, but fuck do I love you, you motherfucker. Yeah, you can't, again, I, I can understand if you're not cheering for Johnny Joe, but, like, I, there's no way you can't still. Like, yeah, again, dude, in his freaking opening day press conference with the Panthers, he's talking about how much he hates the Oilers. Yeah, and the Lightning now. If there's ever a guy who like you'll cheer for forever, it's it's this it's this guy. And the right, okay, who who do Flames fans hate most? Edmonton, Tampa Bay. That dude's that's, a that's lifer. True. Dude's a lifer. Fucked him up, Matthew. Okay, let's close on. Uh, let's get anything else. <clears throat> oh, I could sure. go on. I could go on forever. I know you could. Yeah. We all could. Let's closing out with. Uh, World Juniors are happening. Matthew Coronado's making oh, some. Oh, baby. He's making some noise. He's Look, scored, what, three goals in the last two games? I think he's got four now, doesn't he? He's uh, showing uh, his, he's putting his skill on display here. We kind of knew he was a good little sniper. You had a good little clip on Instagram just of him battling. Oh, frick, yeah. TSN was highlighting it. He looks like looked like Mangiapane out there. Eh? Yeah. Freaking going for it. So he's got four goals and six points in four games. Nice. This tournament will be interesting to watch as it goes on because you're going to get to see him um, play for a fucking medal, which will be interesting. It's weird. I honestly forgot what was going on. That I know. Moved to summer. Well, well, because I didn't even know it was being moved to summer. And I'm seeing all these uh, yeah. ads for the tournament. I'm like, what the fuck? So when do they play this in the summertime? I forgot that it was canceled. Yeah, he's been fun to watch. Every it's funny, everybody's freaking out though. He's gonna Adam Fox us. He's gonna okay, leave. But, I cannot is any, wait. Is there substance to that, or is people just fucking? So he's PTSD? called yeah, PTSD. He's a Harvard guy. 
is just like Fox. So, I mean, I, I understand it's, I think it's, we all have PTSD. Um, but I think it's a, it's always going to be a fair, a rational fear when you have a guy who's going the college route because they can just dip if they want. So, but I don't know. He seems like he's wants to play here. So. Okay, man, let's wrap it up there. And can you throw the, uh, the new intro on the end as well? We'll leave it. Oh, freak. Yeah. There, bud. Fuck. Yeah, bud. Well, and again, we'll get some Hubie do in there at some point. Well, sometimes, yeah, we'll have to add some new tracks, some some of the new players. Some Kadri, maybe. Yes. All right. Thanks again to Josh and Jonathan Williams, jonathan.official.music at Instagram. This band is good.